Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. I think you're my pappy! What? I found this letter you wrote to my mom, Mona Simpson. Dear God, I always dreamed this day would come. And now that it's here, there are so many feelings I... I... <laughs> oh, possible daddy. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I got a little carried away there. Perfectly all right. Here's your gum back. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, the podcast where we always fire our guns into the fireplace. This week we're here to review episode HABF03. It is Homer's paternity coot. I am Dando. And I am that suave new stranger guy. How we doing today, Mr. Dando? All right. Doing very good. Uh, fresh off our excursion to Melbourne yesterday. <laughs> That's true. We braved the wilds of Supernova. We, yeah, uh, yeah. we ventured among the uh, the nerds, the dorks, the geeks, and the uh, the dorky nerdy geeks. And we blended right in, didn't we? We certainly did. <laughs> they said, welcome, one of us, have some prune juice. <laughs> or some shrunken heads. <laughs> no, but it was great, yeah, we went to Supernova, visited our friends up there, and we had a very special meeting with someone that we won't discuss just too much detail just yet, but we're very, very... Very big announcement coming here soon on the Four Finger Discount Network that we're incredibly excited for. So stay tuned for that one. I know you'll definitely know what I'm talking about when we announce it. It's a pretty big deal. <laughs> Things are a brewing at uh, Four Finger Discount HQ. Yes, yeah, we're talking a lot about Simpsons HQ. I think we'll be able to start talking about Four Finger Discount HQ in the same breath. Exactly right. Yes. So that's going to be coming up. But yes, I enjoyed my excursion. So basically, we had to go up to Supernova to discuss something with somebody. Guy's like, I'll drive. I'm like, cool. Saves me the hassle. We get up there, we have a good time. And then we went, now how was the donuts? Because we made a bit of a detour on the way home. Because <laughs> guy, he had found this cafe. Plug the cafe. Why not go for it? What was it called? Peck Deck or something? Uh, it's called Peck's... Is it Peck's Road? Cheap Meals? Peck, something like that? I'm not sure. It was, Peck's, but it, was, it was a bit of a detour on the way home, but like Guy had his heart set on these donuts, and they looked delicious. <laughs> it was very Homer-esque of me to make a um, half-hour detour into the wilds of the Melbourne suburbs, outer suburbs, because I had a Facebook post that had come up saying, look at these donuts. And I'm like, those donuts look real good. I'm yeah. going to go get some. They weren't too bad. The, the, the strawberry cruller I had last night was really, very nice. Or yesterday afternoon. Uh, the apple fritter I had this morning, not too bad. A little too sugary. And I've still got one more to go. Yeah, because he's like, this will be my morning tea for the next week or today. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm going to spread these out over the week. And I'm t- I bought three and two have already gone. 
Shame on you for making such great donuts. The, the funniest part about the trip home was we pull out of this supermarket, honestly, like the cafe, like the little car park area. We turn left and there's a roundabout right there. And I knew we had to go right to get out, but it's one way. So we had to turn left. I'm like, mm. so I'm assuming we just chuck a Yui here. And then guy's like, no, nah, Google Maps says we have to go straight through. I'm like, all right, that's the opposite direction of where we have to go, but I'll, I'll just go with it, whatever. We drive about 200, 300 meters up the road. We get to another roundabout, do a Yui, and we get back to the roundabout. Like, so we could have just taken Yui at the moment. Fuck you, Google Maps. <laughs> I am I am very much a 21st century boy now in that uh, I cannot make up my own mind when it comes to directions or anything. Uh, I have to follow what the map, what Google Maps says, what Google does, what Google says goes. Yeah, I'm a, I know Google says go up there, but common sense shall prevail and say we should just go that way straight away. <laughs> like you got to listen to common sense. <laughs> But uh, we're here to review Homer's Paternity Coot. Before we do that, though, I just want to let you guys know that, uh, first of all, thank you for tuning to the show. We do appreciate all of your support. Mm-hmm. We do want some more mailbag questions. So if you do have a question for us, or just a, just a nice message just for us to read out in the show, it's simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. We'd love for you guys to find some time this week to send us some messages. Also, if you're listening to us on Spotify, please pick your phone up right now and check us five stars. It's very simple. Just five stars, bang, done. We want to try and get our 500... 500 are reviews on our on our um, Spotify page as well. So try and make that happen this week. I know you guys can make that happen. But uh, yeah, so Homer's Paternity Coot, I really enjoyed this episode. I think seven, season 17 is on a bit of a roll at the moment. They're on a winning streak at the yep. moment. Yeah, they, We've had a few good episodes in a row. Uh, fingers crossed they keep the streak running. <laughs> this, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. This felt... I know we say this a lot when we uh, are pleasantly surprised by the quality of an episode in a later season, but it felt kind of vintage. It yeah. felt like it wouldn't be out of place in the earlier, dare we say, better seasons. But then, no, I had, a, I had a great time with this one. A, a fantastic guest star performance and a couple of really just neat cameos that were just well uh, well chosen and well performed but and, and, a, and a solid story uh, all the way through. Yeah, it wasn't too. It wasn't like wacky because I find lately they've sort of had a story about Marge or Bart or whatever, and Homer's doing something just completely wacky on the side because you know, hey, we're gonna have Homer doing something. This one, whilst it is kind of wacky in the sense that oh, Homer might not, uh, Grandpa might not be Homer's real father. I thought they felt that they kept it quite grounded still, which I really enjoyed. Mm. But I just thought uh, Michael York as Mason Fairbanks was fantastic, and he was part of the, uh, the audio commentary for the episode, and you can just tell by the way oh. he talks about it that he really just appreciated the opportunity to be on the show. He holds The Simpsons in such high regard, which says something, you know, for The Simpsons. But um, he says that he was just incredibly nervous going into the show. He, he just didn't want to fuck it up, basically. And he didn't. <laughs> I thought he was really good as Mason Fairbanks. He really didn't. No, I mean, um, Michael York's one of those guys who has sort of been around forever um, for guys of my vintage. Well, I think it wasn't too long ago, whether it was on Four Finger Discount or one of the many other shows on the Four Finger Discount Network, that I was talking about one of my favourite uh, sci-fi movies of the 70s, Logan's Run. He was the eponymous Logan in that one. Yeah, so, uh, but younger viewers, people of Dando's ilk, might know him as Basil Exposition from the Austin Powers movies. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a he's a guy who has just worked forever. He just, from his name to his look to his voice, everything about him just says, I'm English. <laughs> <laughs> and he said that he was um, tossing up which accent to use. Does he go Cockney? Then does he go Northern? But he just went, I just kind of just went my voice, just tweaked it slightly. He's like, let's not overcomplicate shit here. Let's just, they want a British accent. My accent sounds pretty British, like pretty, you know, la-di-da kind of, you know, cliche yeah. British. So let's just run with it, you know. He, I think he added maybe just a little 
little extra plum to it. It's a, it's a little bit more plummy than usual, but it, it really works for this scenario, for this particular character, and for the situation that, uh, that Homer finds himself in with this new father figure in his life. I mean... Homer is, shall we say, the opposite of sophisticated, so to have perhaps the most sophisticated voice or first, uh, most sophisticated voice ever heard uh, coming out of this man who's maybe Homer's father is yeah, just uh, just great uh, comic setup. Yeah, and I like the way that, in, you know, in a normal situation you'd go, why would this rich guy want to bring Homer in? But it's like this guy's been so lonely his whole life. He's always wanted mm. to meet Homer. So regardless of how... You know, the opposite Homer is to what he is and his lifestyle. It's like, well, he's my son. I'm just going to cling on to this kid because I've, I've, I've always wanted to meet him. You know, I've, I've, in my mind, he's always been my son. I know he's my son. Turns out he was wrong. But um, but yeah, I just love the way that, you know, he just he's willing to just take Homer and the family in because like, hey, he's my kid. It was kind of a sweet uh, gesture as well or quite a bit, kind of a sweet turn because I think we've seen a lot of episodes in the past where... There have been family reunions or long-lost uh, relations or offsprings that are showing up on the scene and generally being embarrassing or someone is embarrassed by yeah. uh, you know, at, at one at one or both sides of the uh, equation. For example, the Manatees episode where Homer goes to see his random cousins that live on the farm or whatever. Remember that That's one? That's right, yeah. 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 yeah, the one that we didn't quite get. <laughs> the episode <laughs> we were like, what? What's the deal here? But... Yeah, Mason Fairbanks was yeah a very sweet gentleman. He was he was clearly you know kind of taken aback by some of Homer's more vulgar qualities, but yeah, you know, he didn't judge him on them or anything like that. It was just more like no, he was very accepting and just a a gentleman all round. Yeah, a, a, a nice character and a very nice performance by Mister York. They did um, a good job with the design of Mason as well. I think in the sense that he looked not like Homer, but enough where you go, it could be his dad. You know, it's, it's not. If you look at it now, knowing that he's not his dad, it's like, oh, it doesn't really look like him. But there was enough to the design, just particularly with the mouth, where it's like, yeah, I can buy this, maybe. Also, also in the body shape. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, Holmes clearly goes sort of let himself go, or just you know doesn't say no to seconds or anything like that. Mason Fairbanks is an older man who's you know sort of kept himself in relative shape, but it's like, well, you've got that kind of body that as you get older is going to get a little barrel shaped and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're so used to seeing Homer and Abe next to one another and, you know, their designs are so similar. It's like, of course, they're father and son. But, yeah, you're right. There's just enough wiggle room in the design of Mason Fairbanks that you're going to go, maybe mm. it's a possibility. Yeah, it's great. They, they they thought a lot of stuff out this episode. Uh, yeah, and not just in terms of the uh, the main story, but, yeah, in, in terms of um, other things as well, shall we yeah. say. Now, the only well, one of the bigger negatives I can have of the episode is that I kind of felt at times Homer was very dismissive of Grandpa after he thought that Mason was his father. You know, he, you know, he says, Grandpa's raised me my whole life. And he says, he tries to think, I know they have the, the moment where he's like, all the things you've done for me. And he tries to think of something, he can't think of anything. It's like, oh, well, you've done nothing for me. I'm going to go latch onto this guy who's rich, who's my real father. But the thing is, I thought by the end of it, though, the way he had the flashback and things like that, yeah. I'm always a sucker for those emotional flashbacks. What, the one that reminded me of was Lisa on Ice, where Bart and Lisa had the flashbacks to them looking after each other when they were kids. And like, so mm. why are we fighting? I thought the flashback here, and it's, it's one of my favourite moments, I'll spoil it now, I just thought it was just, it was lovely. It was really sweet, wasn't it? And I think the thing of it is with real life, you don't necessarily you can't necessarily call up the most important memories of your life or the most significant ones when it comes to the ones who uh, 
who love you, who you've loved, who raised you, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they'll just sort of they'll they'll come to you unbidden, or they will you know something will trigger them. It's like oh my god, I hadn't thought about that in. 10 years, 20 years, 30 mm-hmm. years, whatever. But all of a sudden it comes back and it comes back incredibly vividly. I I wholly bought uh, what you're talking about here, how, you know, in a, at a moment when you least expect it or maybe even when you most need it, it's going to come back. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, that happened. Oh, you know, yes. and uh, suddenly your heart just uh, your heart just expands. Well, they say that when your life's flashing before your eyes, when you think you're going to die, that all the key moments from like important moments of your life just somehow just come back to you. And I thought it was just very mm. nice that in that moment, he thought of grandpa. It was and just Abe. Yeah. yeah, it was just Abe. And I mean, uh, well, I guess it's because he saw that he was he he, want, he thought his dad was coming to save him. He's like, dad, dad, dad. So mm. dad was on his mind when he when he passed out yeah. there. But also, I think the episode did a really good job of finally giving grandpa the character. So much needed respect that the, the character's been lacking for a good couple of seasons mm-hmm. now. He's just been a real pathetic, unwanted, Punchline. unloved old man. That's that's sort of that's sort of who he's become. I know that was the gag throughout the entire run of the show, but it's become more harsh in recent years, I thought. And they did a good job last week with the Simpsons Christmas stories, with Abe with his war story, with Burns. But this one mm-hmm. in particular, this one being a canon one, I thought they did a good job of finally giving him some respect again. Yeah, you have to, you know, Remember that this was a young guy. <laughs> this was a man. Well, yeah. oh, it still is, but you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, they've lived a whole life, and it's not always going to be. I'm shitting by the bins, so I can talk to people, or something like that. I mean, there's going to be more stories, and a little respect should be given. But of course, you know, you can balance that with the ridiculousness that Abe sometimes shows. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <gasps> hey, my favorite. All right, what were your favorite moments from the episode, Mr. Davis? There are a lot actually yeah. and they were sort of started all the way through just yeah. you know not it had a really solid story but they were, but as is the case with a lot of my favorite Simpsons episodes just little bits thrown in here and there that uh, don't necessarily add another brick to the uh, to the overall structure but you know just uh, I don't know a nice bit of decoration I really got a kick out of when Marge is approaching the the toll booth for the first time because you know she's normally taken the old uh, cheapskate uh, cheapskate trail. Oh, she, which oh is, she's not normally. It's just that she normally takes that road that doesn't have the uh, the toll. Yes, that's correct. Sorry, yeah. my mistake. But that's uh, good advice to, to people: <laughs> always take the old cheapskate trail. That's what yeah. that's what guy does. Um, but you're approaching the toll booth, and. I don't know if it was a direct shout out to um to Psycho to the original Psycho the Alfred Hitchcock movie but there's a whole do 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 and it reminded me very much of a scene in Psycho where Janet Lee is she's stolen a bunch of money and she's driving and she's sort of like worried about everything she, I think she gets pulled over by a cop but it's got the same sort of um visual schematic and the same definitely the same sort of music I don't you mean, you I mean a bit when she's going over the tire yeah she's going over the um. What are they called? Over the, uh, the spikes. Spikes, the- spikes, yeah. I thought it was, yeah, it was really good directing by Mike B. Anderson in that one. Yeah, It sure. really was, yeah. The music as well. You're right. It does feel like a Hitchcock-esque scene, yeah. Mm, yeah, they're sort of ramping up the tension. Oh, I thought that was great. Um, the whole, you know, as inciting incidents go, you know, we talk a lot about inciting incidents, you know, the first five to ten minutes of the episode where it's like, oh, this sets the story in motion. For, you know, all this to happen, I mean, this felt... 
I think there have been occasions when we're like, this is a bit convoluted to get to, you know, the to the meat of the story, but yeah, okay, there's a toll booth. Okay, there's um <laughs> tire spikes been set up. Okay, Marge refuses to pay, so she backs up, everybody blows a tire. The tire fire just gets bigger than ever ever has before. It melts the ice on Spring on Mount Springfield, and here's a frozen postman, and here's a letter. So that was a lot of work, but it didn't feel like a lot of work. No, it and like, it, didn't, it didn't feel like a waste of time either, did it? No, no. I mean, that that, that whole, uh, yeah, first uh, few minutes or however minutes of the episode just sort of zipped by pretty nicely. And, yeah, by the end, it was like, yeah, here's a frozen postman with a bag full of letters from the 60s. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> let, that, let, let's get it on. And that's apparently yeah, so, the story that they started with, though, like, because a, a, a native had been recently unfrozen and from like a long, 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 long time ago. And they found the body in ice, kind of like Encino Man. And um, they were like, mm. right, so this would be a cool story. A uh, male man gets discovered. He's got letters for the people of Springfield. Like, That's a fun concept. How do we get it to really, that? Right? Yeah. yeah, I just thought the way they got to it, it, it actually kind of ties into the story. If you want to pull up some straws, is that it emphasizes that the Simpsons don't really have that much money, which is why March doesn't want to pay the 75 cents. Ah, and then yeah, they meet, good point. and then all of a sudden Homer's got a rich father. Ah, I don't know. If you want to try and try and work it all together, but I just think it was just a fun way to get to the the main story. Anyway, speaking of new rich relatives, shall we say something I really dug about this episode? One of my favourite moments was there when they're on the boat, uh, on Mason's boat. Um, was it called the Sun I Never Had or something? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sun I Never Knew, and, I think, or something. Yeah, yeah, and um, yes, everyone is basically wearing sailor hats. I've got to give a shout out to the lovely Louise. <laughs> Not long ago, we were watching a documentary. This may sound like a very tenuous link, but stay with me, folks. Uh, stay tuned. Lovely Louise and I <laughs> were watching a documentary on Yacht Rock, uh, that wonderful genre of music. Um, we were kind of taken with the story of Captain and Tennille, the uh, 70s duo who sang Love Will Keep Us Together. You mentioned this because um, where we did that episode of The Simpsons where they sing the song at the end, Marge and Homer. You've mentioned that, yeah. That's good. <laughs> and uh, we both enjoyed the episode so much, and particularly Captain Sneal, that when Lou went away on a girls' weekend to a seaside town, she came back with a lovely gift for me, which was this. Oh, no shit. Sailor's hat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing a... I'm, not, I'm putting it on awkwardly, and for, <laughs> for those only, only listening to this episode, um, yes, I've got a captain's, uh, captain's hat on. I, will be, so chucking, I, like I a, will be chucking a photo of that up on the social media for those of you that aren't <laughs> subscribed to us on Patreon to see this. I'll, I'll take a proper picture and, and send it to Dano, but yes, you, you can all see what I look like in my cool hat. You need your glasses <laughs> too. Love can keep us together. But honestly, a terribly sad story about the Captain and Tennille because, you know, they sang Love Will Keep Us Together and yeah, you know, yeah. everyone thought, wow, these two are sort of made for each other. I'm not, I'm trying to phrase this the right way, but I think the Captain might have been kind of emotionally constipated. He he couldn't really, I mean, they were married, Captain and Tennille, but the Captain couldn't really sort of, he wasn't a very expressive person. He wasn't very demonstrative when it came to affection or anything like that. Tanil was like, I love you so much. And he's like, yeah. I love you. I know. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and watching this doc, I was like, oh, it's really sad. Tanil obviously just, you know, really wanted to give a heart to this guy. And he was like, yeah, okay, great. Yeah, there's, there's some, like, musical duos where, like, even though they're not in a relationship, like, for example, like, Alton John, definitely not in a relationship with Kiki, but it's like, don't go breaking my heart. It's like, these guys are made for each other. <laughs> or, yeah. or John DeVolta and Olivia Newton-John at the end of Greece. It's like, how are these guys not going to be married forever? 
Obviously, they were best friends well, forever, but... Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, Travolta was clearly sad when uh, the lovely oh, yeah. Olivia passed away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But enough about that. Uh, more about favourite things. I've got more, if okay. you want me to keep talking about it. But wait. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, there's more. I think one of my favourite visual gags was when... Uh, Homer's having that fantasy about, I thought this dad, I, you know, I don't know who my real dad is, has this childhood flashback yeah. where he's throwing the um, the baseball with the question, the question mark, mark, breaks the window, and an exclamation <laughs> come mark comes out shaking the fist. Like, that's pretty neat. That's clever. That was, um, oh, that well was Mike Reese apparently p- pitched that one. Yeah. <laughs> that's really – plus – Again, the Simpsons guys showing their deep pockets. It's Music. like, yep. hey, let's uh, you know get the rights to Cindy Lauper's time after time. Not going cheap, I imagine, and mm. use it for maybe five seconds. And Ring of Fire. That's true. Yeah, also got some Johnny Cash in there. Oh yep. my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, two uh, two dialogue shout outs. One that is clearly Michael York. I just loved his what? Yeah, taken off of, of Homer's. Yep, <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> but then I'm guessing it's Dan C. Doing Michael York when he's like, Homer, please do that in the loo. That is my favourite moment. <laughs> Homer, please do that in the loo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what was he all, doing? Just, what was he doing, firstly? <laughs> and where was he doing it? <laughs> first of all, just funny. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the mental image you get is funny. Um, the voice that Dan is doing is, is very, very funny. Uh, but then you just think about, Oh, Mason Fairbanks sounds like just a, a mensch. She sounds like a good dude. It's like, yeah. don't shit on my floor. <laughs> it's like, please, please, please do that in the loo. <laughs> yeah, so so what a lord. Yeah, I, so much good stuff in yeah. this episode. Yeah, I really like Paternity Coop. But enough about uh, my favourite moments. What were yours, Dando? Well, you've, you've pitched a couple of mine, and I've already mentioned the flashback. I thought the fl- flashback was lovely. But my other one that I really enjoyed was, I infer from all your knickknacks that you're some kind of fruitcake. <laughs> Sometimes you go to someone's house and it's like, this is a bunch of crazy crap on the walls. <laughs> I, d- I do like it when Homer's like that as well. I mean, you know, the, I think we've gotten you. so Not used to him you, kind of, just, you know. Yeah. I think we've gotten so used to him being kind of a dumbass. Yeah, just that, an idiot. That when he does yeah. a moment that's kind of Al Bundy-ish like this, you know, where he's got a, he's clearly got a little bit of comments or, I mean, or maybe it's just thoughtlessness, I don't know, but it sounds like, okay, you got this really nice house and a lot of stuff on the wall, you're not really better than me. I think you might be kind of a weirdo. <laughs> so I infer you're kind of some kind of a fruitcake. <laughs> that was, yeah, that's great. That's a great line. But yeah, we won't go into too much. I have more, but I feel like I'm just going to go through the whole episode and keep saying our favourite moments. Th- this whole lo- episode was like favourite moments. Isn't it lovely to have a season 17 episode that we're just so happy about? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Any more brain busters? <laughs> it's the blockbuster brain buster for Homer's paternity coot. The air date was January eighth, two thousand and six. Now, Mister Davis, we've got the similar one still in the um in the top three. So number one is still the Chronicles of Narnia, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Number two is King Kong. But I am going to uh get you to try and guess number three. Number three, mm-hmm. the clue is penis. Hmm. Ah, oh, hang on. You you might be talking about a slang term for a penis, though, right? Mm. Mm. So it's not, and it's not Willy Wonka, <laughs> and it's not, and it's not prick up, it's not prick up your ears, which came out like twenty years earlier. Uh, <laughs> um, is another clue? Uh, Mas- masturbating. Well, I mean, 
there are certain things you can do with your dick, and one of them, one of them is have fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, if you're a fan of maybe, say, Jane Fonda, <laughs> you can usually be thinking about Jane Fonda while you're having fun with your dick. I'm talking, I think it might be fun with Dick and Jane starring uh, Jim Carrey and um, one of Guy's Hall Pass uh, ladies, Taylor Leone. I, she was one of those women who, I never knew her name when I was a kid, but I had a biggest crush on her as an actress. I was like, this woman is gorgeous. It is one of the abiding mysteries of the late 90s through to whenever. It's like, why did Taylor become a BS star? Yeah. I, mean, you know, yeah. I, I still remember when I was a kid, and it, the movie it was The Family Man, I think, starring Nicolas Cage. Mm. And there's a scene where he walks in her in the shower, and I was just like, she is incredible. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's singing along to something. Because, because she's, she's, she's just it. playing a house mum, and it's just like, oh, my God, she's so sexy. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know it sounds creepy, but I was just I, she was like besides Drew Barrymore, she was my crush when I was a kid. I thought she was just amazing. Yes, we we are Team Taya uh, here at uh, Four Finger Discount. We are very pro Taya Leone. I remember that movie being a lot of fun actually when I went to the movies. I have not seen it since I first watched it at the movies. Might have been on a date with one of my girlfriends at the time, but I just remember thinking this movie's fun. I mean, I, I yeah, like yeah. I like Jim Carrey. Yeah, well, this this is a, a um, yeah, but perfectly fun. Um, I don't know if you'd call it even an action comedy, more a comedy, but a remake of a, a 70s movie. But yeah. uh, Dick and Jane are you know, sort of upper middle class uh, types who have been uh, hit hard by the, I don't know, by inflation, by the rising cost of living, can't afford their swanky lifestyle anymore and decide to, I think, rob banks or uh, at yeah. least rob their uh, their dodgy former employers that like, uh, you know, multinationals or whatever. So taking a stand against, the, <laughs> it's the 1% taking a stand against the 0.001% yes. to get some of their money. Um, yeah, perfectly perfectly good fun. And of course, it's got some Taylor Leone in it. So, oh yeah. By the way, actually, big mistake here. I've just realised that it was number three <laughs> last week. I'm looking at the last week because there wasn't an episode of The Simpsons last week, right? So that was actually number four for this week. And number one, so Chronicles Nani is two, King Kong's number three. Number one's actually a newbie. So I'm just trying to think of a clue. Think yeah, of, yeah. like, so the scene that I remember the most from this involves an Achilles heel. Oh, ah, well, on, I, yeah, I do know this because there are three things, three parts of the body where I cannot hack trauma. One of them is fingernails. There's a third, which is probably related to what we were just talking about, fun with you-know-what. Um, uh, but, yeah, Achilles tendon is, uh, ooh, yeah. I mean, we all remember uh, evil little uh, Gage from uh, Pet Cemetery going buck wild with a scalpel on uh, on that old dude's uh, Achilles tendon. But in a more recent uh, version of it, it happened in Eli Roth's Hostel. Yeah. Horrifying. Horrifying. Gnarly-ass movie. Oh, <laughs> been, yeah. um, just torture porn. Essentially, it's it's kind of what kickstarted the whole. I think this is the movie that uh, a critic t- coined the phrase "torture porn" to describe. Now, there's a yeah, it's it's very nasty, but at the same time, it is pretty well made nasty. I mean, if you like horror movies and you like particularly graphic horror movies, this is kind of a good example of it. I mean, because um, it's somewhat believable that this could actually happen, which is scary. It's it's, it's a it's a fantastic setup. The, yeah. Essentially, that. Uh, Dopey American tourists go to Europe think, hey, it's America, number one. We're going to run wild in Europe. And, you know, these guys, you know, they take drugs and have sex at the drop of a hat, but we're going to do it American style. And there I was, 
yeah, guess what? Um, we're going to rope you into um, a dreadful situation whereby um, tourists can turn you um, into human pinatas or pin cushions or, you know, just have dreadful, dreadful fun with your exposed Achilles tendon. Ah, it's yeah. gross. Not great. Not great. But that was number one at the US want? box office when this episode aired. <laughs> Our American friends know what they like. They just like torture porn. Yes, torture porn or fun with dick. Both go hand in hand. <laughs> lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Next question. You there, eating the paste. All right, Mr. Davis, it is time for some trivia for Homeless Paternity Cooper. Before we do that, we, of course, need to read out some names of those who support us here at the Four Finger Discount Network. Now, we're going to start, of course, with our man, Elliot J. O'Neill from the Simpsons Index Podcast. He's going to be coming on the show in a couple of weeks to review Bart the Fink, so looking forward to that one. But the Simpsons Index Ooh, Podcast, yeah. he is our $100 supporter once again, and we thank you so much for it. And also, a big happy birthday to our man, Elliot J. O'Neill, this week. Thank you so much oh. for your support and a big happy birthday. Also, our man, Andrew Zer for his $50 support. Always there. Thank you so much, mate. And Katie G with her $70 support. Absolute legend. Now, we also have a, a newest uh, member, or members, I should say, to the $20 supporter tier. And it would mm-hmm. be one Ginger and Pickle. And we have to throw <sighs> a big happy 13th birthday to our man, Pickle. Pickle is obviously her son, and he's now an adult in scary times in her household. I just can't imagine my kids being teenagers. It's like, no. No, young adults. No, no, thank you. You're, you're going to be my kids forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Welcome to the Wonder Years, Pickle. Yes. <laughs> Make sure you look after your mum and be nice to her and don't be a shitty teenager. It's going to happen. You're going to be a shitty teenager. Yes. But yeah, try to mitigate it a little bit. Be yes. nice. Yeah, yeah so happy Cash birthday, fun. buddy. And he's a big support. He, he really enjoys the show. So thank you so much for listening to the show, mate. I hope you have a great birthday. So yes, Ginger and Pickle are newest members to the $20 tier. We also Hi, have... Also have Jordan Molman, Richie, Christopher Darby, Jonathan Rossi, Zach Pruitt, Timothy Belson, George McMenemy, Stephen Roberts, Sean Devey, Pete Anderson, Andrew Davis, Ryan Dunlap, Jared Howard, Kevin Dentalplan, Flood, Joel Yolande, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Reese Roberts, Bella Winderbank, Mark Boston Burgess, Jack McFadden, Heath Appleby, uh, Adric McLeod, Lewis Kavanagh, and Mark Treleve. And remember, guys, $5 or more will get your name read out on the podcast, or if you're on the $20 tier, your name gets read out on every single podcast we do here at the Four Finger Discount Network. We also need to read out the following members who've just joined up on the $5 plus tiers, or maybe $8 or $5, whatever they are. It is Ben Weatherburn, Catherine Larson, Skullbeard, and James Shepard. Thank you so much for joining the family. Hope you enjoy all the exclusive early ad-free access to all the podcasts and the Facebook groups and the Discords and everything else that you get for being a part part of the Four Finger Discount Patreon family. We love them, don't we, Mr. Davis? We do indeed. Welcome to the clan, and thank you for the dinero. Exactly right. All right, you hit me with your first question for Homer's paternity coup. What have we got? Uh, the grandfather clock from the uh, fire sale shop goes for how much? Oh, oh $2. He wheels that out. That's yes. correct. I loved that opening, by the way. <laughs> that was pretty nice. <laughs> that box is the box of you figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> action figure puddle yeah what we think was a microwave my first question for you is who will marge be married to in 2011 this is a couch gag question oh um 
Yeah, that, that went really quickly. Was it Lenny or no? At Lenny, and then it, it was, he was in 2011. It was Lenny, then Lenny oh, and Carl, it, and then it was Jimbo. Jimbo, well done. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, my next question to you: You can smell the Springfield Tire Fire in how many states? Forty-six. Four, six, correct. Mm-hmm. What is Homer's fake radio station? So he's on what one? He is a 980 FM. No. All his viewers are very happy about that. 980 on the AM dial. I said AM, didn't I? Oh, he said FM just then. Oh, maybe oh, it was just I'm, the Zoom fucking up. <laughs> I, I meant AM. 980 okay. AM. Yes. Yes. And his viewers are very happy about that. Exactly right. <laughs> All right. And my uh, final question. Oh, actually, your next question. Sorry. Yeah, next how question. about I give you one? Yes. How about you do that? What is Mason's hat size? Six. Six. Small than average. And my final question is William H. Macy, who had a really good appearance here. Actually, a little story about William H. Macy. Uh, we'll get to it when it's one time for the episode. But So he's going to be working with who? Uh, well, he does say, he says, do you know Nev Campbell? So I'm assuming he's going to be doing something with Nev Campbell. Yeah. He, we can talk about that when we get to that, but he was actually in a movie with Nev Campbell. What movie was that? It was a low budget, but really, really, really good movie. A little low budget one that I tend to champion a lot called Panic. Panic. And it actually came out in 2000. Oh, okay. So it was before this episode. All right. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, he may well have done something else with her. And he he was actually talking up independent films in that scene as well. He did. Yeah. What I liked. Let's do it now rather than. Yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. What I liked that. He was really good casting to be on, what was it called? The Bully Circle or Bully the Bully circle. Debate? Yeah. Do you want to know how, it, yeah, the Bully Show or the Bully Circle or whatever, but do you want to hear yeah. how it all came to be? So apparently five years prior at the Golden Globes, they really wanted William H. Macy to be on the show. So like four different members across of the Simpsons staff across the night went up to him and said, hey, you should really be on the Simpsons. And he, apparently by the last <laughs> one, he was like, yes, I know, I heard you the first time. Just contact my agent, we'll make it happen. And then they didn't do it for like five years. And then, then he came on the show and he was just willing to say whatever. And I just thought it was just perfect writing and casting. But yeah, that's how it all came about. So yeah, continue. I just think it's really good casting because, you know, William H. Macy, Oscar-nominated actor, uh, a quote-unquote star. Yeah. Um, everyone, know, but, everyone knows him, yeah. Yeah. He also kind of looks like a dork. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, think of, is it Boogie Nights where he's a cuck or where his wife's getting yeah, rid of him? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's very, he's very cucked. Yeah. <laughs> he's super cucked. He, he, yeah, he kind of looks like the guy who would get bullied. Yeah, um, but also a guy even, who, even though he's, even though he's reportedly kind of buff, and, and, and also a guy who you just like, you, you feel like if you're fucked with him, he could probably fuck you up in ways that you don't oh, yeah. expect. <laughs> he has one of my greatest lines of tough guy dialogue and it's and it's great because you don't expect to come from William H. Macy he was um he worked with um David Mamet a lot one of my you know favorite creators the great playwright filmmaker all that kind of stuff and he's in a movie called Homicide with our our man Joe Mantegna and you know they're, they're cop partners and someone says something to insult Joe Mantegna and you know Macy sort of stands up for him and this Guy says, well, you want to step outside? And Mace says, what do you want to fucking step outside for? I'll kill your ass right here. It's like, <laughs> it's like shit. holy shit. Because, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't look like the kind of guy who'd fuck you up like that. But, he, I mean, you look at him in the eyes going, shit, he'll fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've always looked at him just going, he's probably really tough. <laughs> it's like he's probably yeah. really good in the fight. Because you look at some like, professional fighters. They're not like huge, huge guys. It's all about the technique. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think if you sort of bumped into like Conor McGregor at a bar or something, 
are you trying to fuck with your little leprechaun? Yeah. And next thing you know, yeah, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Soprano just boom. Yeah. <laughs> Don't stop. <laughs> All right, is that uh, it for trivia? I think that's it for trivia. The Four Finger Discount Network is brought to you by our incredible supporters on Patreon. Each month we provide close to 20 hours of listening content with our supporters gaining early ad-free access to every podcast, access to our Facebook community, prize draws, Zoom calls, as well as our Patreon-exclusive podcast, Tales of Futurama, The Movie Guys, and Four Finger Discount 2.0, with myself and Mitch continuing where we left off back in Season 11. So if you enjoy everything we do here at Four Finger Discount, you too can join the family for just as little as $1 per month and help this podcast dream continue to thrive by heading to patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. Link is in the description of this podcast. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The original air date of Homer's paternity coot was January 8th, 2006, written by Joel H. Cohen, directed by our man Mike B. Anderson. Chalkboard gag. I want to discuss the intro and the chalkboard gag here. So I thought the chalkboard gag was one that I'm surprised has never been used before. And I thought it just felt like a very early season Simpsons chalk gag. It's just simply, I am not smarter than the president. Hmm. Like that's just It just feels like a very early 90s Bart you know, I will not yeah. waste chalk, that kind of thing. You know, I am not yeah. smarter than the president. Yeah, it felt quite simple. I thought, surprise, it took him 17 seasons to get that one out there. But also the catch gag was the one we discussed earlier with um with the photographs. And it says the year at the top, and it goes through all the different years. Up to 2013, Marge is married to, to Lenny, and then she becomes Carl, and then she becomes married to Jimbo, and then she thinks she's married to a, a robot homer or something like that. But, um, but yeah, By 2013, a, yeah. Yeah, and also in the intro, the thing I wanted to bring up was that they do a really weird edit that I can't recall they've done before. So mm-hmm. we're so used to it now where they just go, The Simpsons, and it cuts the straight into the driveway where Homer's about to be run over. Well, this yes. one kind of plays a not the full length of the, of the intro, but it goes from uh, where it would normally cut to Bart riding his skateboard in front of all those people and then Marge. It just completely mm-hmm. edits out the Bart part and just cuts straight to Lisa and then straight to... I th- I think it cuts out home and then it cuts out but it goes straight to Marge driving with Maggie. And it was just a really weird edit. I was like, oh, you've included like an extra five seconds of the intro that you normally wouldn't for what reason? I don't know. just felt weird. If anyone at Simpsons HQ has um, a a reason for this, you know, justify your actions. They were sent back the gif of, nerd! (laughs) (laughs) By the way, the T-shirt I am wearing does say genius at work. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but the episode kicks off with, um, I think it's just Marge and Lisa are actually just watching the ad for the Smoke Damage Outlet Store. And, um, you know, boxes and boxes of you figure it out. And Smoking Joe <laughs> Frazier there as well, who playing himself. He was, he was actually Smoking Joe. That's what I mean. Another great cameo. <laughs> yeah. 
They only got me here because my name had smoking in it. No, that's not true. Smoking Joe. Fucking <laughs> send people to your house. Bad people. Bad people. <laughs> I wish I had that power. Just, you know, with a, you know, push a few buttons. I can send someone to someone's house to fuck you up. I think we all like to threaten that at some point. I think we've all at one point in our lives gone, you know, I've got pals who can fuck you up. It's like, <laughs> how about you just do it yourself, mate? It's like, I can't, but I've got pals who can. <laughs> I think, I I think know, we I all like the be, idea of having a connection of some kind. I think it would be nice because I've never had this at yeah. all. <laughs> I never will. <laughs> but uh, to have someone say about you behind your back or, you know, just to have a guy's not the guy to fuck with. <laughs> yeah. A, a John Wick moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you get this car out of here. <laughs> you, you, you fuck with guy? Jesus Christ, man. What are you, an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> and that'll never happen because no one will ever fuck with you. Well, that's true. <laughs> it's like, I'm just so likeable that no one's going to do it anyway. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right, yes. Oh, my God. Everything we own is in that house. How often have you driven by a fire and thought, how can this benefit me? Well, think no more and drive on down to the Smoke Damage Outlet Store. Where there's smoke, there's bargains. We've got fire-damaged furniture, smoke-damaged smoke detectors, action figure puddle, something we think was an air conditioner, and boxes and boxes of you figure it out. Ooh. Come in today and meet Smokin' Joe Frazier. I'm only here because my name had Smokin'. Oh, come on. That has nothing to do with it, Smokin' Joe. I can send people to your house. Bad people. <laughs> come on, we're going to that store before the next commercial makes me do something else. Buy the suit off my back. Only $9.95. Stop, drop, and save. <laughs> And then she's, they're driving there and they notice that the, there's a toll fee. Yeah, there's a toll sign. Like, what the hell? She, she never noticed this before and she's a good noticer. Indeed. Sorry, can we just rewind for one second because I love the spokesman for the, uh, or the spruker for the, uh, for the shop saying, yeah. stop, drop and save. <laughs> he's really just trying to put himself out. He's yeah, being on fire. More and more desperate. No, that, that was great. And I mean, there were some gags and this just went on. They felt like they could have gone on a little bit long, but actually the timing on them was just right or the timing on them was actually kind of exquisite. And I thought that was one. This one was like on the verge of being too long. It was just like, oh no, you ended it. Good. Yeah, you did it just, it was like, ooh, you, you almost at stage you're welcome, but you didn't. And yeah. you know, later on with the fan and all that, it's kind of like, oh, you've got some very deliberate pacing here that could be like, I don't know about this. But then it's like, no, actually that works. Nice yep. work, Mike B. Anderson. Mm-hmm. And Marge says, what's next? The spatula attacks? And then she finds the old cheapskate trail. So she goes down there and Lenny and Carl follow her as well. Why, why do Lenny and Carl not like each other now? Like, it's like they're friends, but Carl doesn't want to be his friend. It's like, I, I, I hope they get rid of this vibe soon because I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, it's starting to get a little, oh, they're codependent or, you know. Or like Len Lenny's so needy Lenny's for Carl. Lenny's more needy like, than yeah. the, yeah, yeah. And Carl's like, it's almost like Carl doesn't want him around anymore. And I'm like, no, 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 Lenny and Carl are best buds. That is true. I mean, it's nice to have the odd gag like that, and, but you need to sprinkle it in every once in a while. It's like, oh, I hope everything's okay with Lenny and Carl. But yeah, if you do it all the time, it's like, well, why are they even still hanging out? Yeah, exactly. Um, but then they, uh, the Quimby notices here, like no one's using the um, the toll booth, sees the guy asleep reading play booth. I thought it was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> and he says they need the money to de-python the town fountain. So he tells Wickham to, to you know, go sort it out. I Got said, it. No, no survivors. No survivors. <laughs> that term, like those two words, mean shit's about to go down. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if someone said to you, "Go do this," no survivors. I'm like, I don't think I'm the man for the job. Yeah. I, I just don't think I could take life. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of pro survival. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I'm saving ants out of the sink. I don't think I'm the man for the job. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm the man who's you know coming up with elaborate uh, traps for spiders <laughs> and setting them back into the outside. <laughs> but yeah, he fires his gun into the fireplace. And it's the next day, Marge has realised that she's been boxed in. This is how it feels driving to Melbourne at the moment from Geelong. You know, you've got all the roadworks. And it's just big cement walls just all over the place. It's like, oh man, I'm going to drive straight. But you, you pay so much attention because like, it feels like you veer slightly to the right. And you're just going to scratch the side of your car along this concrete slab. I hope you felt suitably confident in the passenger seat yesterday. Yeah, well, you we know, didn't go that way. If we had gone the other way, I would have been shit scared. <laughs> okay, well, you know, we had big trucks next to us at some stage, and, you know, I was blaring John Carpenter, you know, yeah. theme tunes. <laughs> there was one point you had your phone up in the air like this, trying to read Google Maps and drive at the same time, and you're veering to the left lane. I'm like, this is going to end badly if we keep going this way. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but, what, where, where, oh, yeah, so basically Marge is boxed in. And she got the, the tire spikes. And I would hate this. I hate it when you, you've you've gone somewhere and then you've realised you've gone a little bit too far and you can't go yeah. back. It's like, ah, oh, fuck. They do it with the booze buses. I obviously, I never drink and drive, but it's like, they go in a corner and it's like, imagine being a drunk going around there like, there's nowhere to go. Oh, no. What, what are we going to do? <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what they should be doing, obviously. <laughs> but, so uh, this is, you know, Reverend Lovejoy and Helen Lovejoy realise they're boxing as well, but don't worry, this one's on Jesus. Get the Jesus mm. toy. I've never had a little <laughs> toy like that in my car, like the little bobblehead things. Or anything. I feel like it'd just be a major distraction for me. Something, I never had it in my car, um, but when I was growing up and when I was, you know, in my teens or something, and I, yeah, I've said on the show before, I'm not a big believer in the man upstairs or, or his one begotten son. Uh, but I found in our house a little green glow-in-the-dark Jesus statue. Not very tall. Probably, you know, about, I don't know, four or five inches tall. And it had this sort of sickly green glow-in-the-dark thing. And, I mean, I was too old for a nightlight. I was not scared of the dark or anything like that. But I saw it and I'm like, this looks kind of cool to have in the dark next to my bed. So I I'll had see- it there for I think it in your car. <laughs> no, no, no. I was saying it wasn't in the car. I've never had it in the car, but it was, yeah. it was next to my bed for like four or five years. Wow. And how old were you? I was probably like 13 or 14. I was there. It was there till I was about 17 or so. And not because like, oh, save me Jesus from the dark or anything like that. It was more like, yeah, this looks cool. And I like a little green glow in the, uh, in the, in the night. Yeah, obviously for me, my nightlight was listening to Simpsons audio commentaries and just old reruns of Simpsons episodes. Just the television was my nightlight. I just I was one of those kids that went to bed with the TV on every night. Well, likewise, likewise. And um, how I, old were you when you got a TV in your room for the first time? Because I'm at that moment now where with Ali, I'm like, how old do I have to wait until he gets a TV? You know? Oh no, I was in my I was in double figures. I was like six, I reckon. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, have, I have memories of playing NHL 94 in my bedroom. So that would have come out like 94, 95-ish. So I would have been six or seven, yeah. Yeah, I would have been maybe 12 or 13. And there, you know, I found like this, there was an old black and white TV that was, you know, either we found somewhere or whatever, like, ooh, I'm getting this. And, you know, I didn't have like an aerial thing in the room or anything like that. Mm. So I'd had the, this is really showing how old I am, had the little bunny ear antennas. Like the Simpsons, yeah. Yeah, and even to the point where I was putting um, aluminium foil, foil on the yeah. very tips, it's like, oh, this will help me pick up you know, Channel 9 or whatever. That was the modern-day booster. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> but, I've, yeah, I was having to do a lot of, you know, fine-tuning. It's like, static. Oh, I got, I've got Channel 7. Ooh, time to watch you know, the A-Team. <laughs> what, what was that reviewer that you used to like when you were younger? The oh, the uh, the um, Aussie uh, uh, movie guy Ivan Hutchinson. 
Mm. What's that, what channel was he on? Channel seven. He was he was seven. He was a seven, seven guy. Yeah. I don't think Channel Nine had a movie guy. Channel Ten had a guy named Bill Collins, and he's sort of like yes. He Thick was the most well known. Yeah. yeah, he was a very kind of welcome to the old movie, and yeah, he was a big old dork, uh, but smart and also just you know, for film nerds of my of my vintage, he was like, well, tonight we're watching a couple of old classics. I'm like. Yeah, some of these look shit, but oh, actually, no, Bill's talking this one up. Maybe I'll give it a whirl. And I, I, you know, got so many good titles from watching that. But Ivan Hutchinson was on Seven, slightly more sophisticated, bit more, bit more urbane. I was like, am I, a, am I a Bill guy or an Ivan guy? I'm an Ivan guy. Yeah, <laughs> I told you. I think I wrote, I wrote him a letter. You did. Yes, when so I was you, a kid. That, yeah, yeah, because I was like. Dear Ivan Hutchinson, I, I just saw The Empire Strikes Back and here is my review. It was really good, but hey, don't don't let anyone tell you the spoiler. <laughs> He's like, why are you talking like this? Yeah. I'm like Homer at the end of this episode. Daddy, I drew you a picture. That was one of my favourite <laughs> games, by the you, way. You, you were 18 when you wrote this letter. <laughs> <laughs> but he wrote back and he said, thank you for your review. I'm, I'm, that sounds like a great movie. I can't wait to see it. He'd already seen it. But... Um, <laughs> Like what a what a good guy. So yeah. yeah. Shout out to Ivan Hutchinson. If you want to get on YouTube, you type in his name, you you might be able to find some of his um some of the stuff he did for TV. Well our patrons would be well aware of his intro theme music because we use it for the movie guy podcast. Ah, correct, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was that one little uh little callback to guys uh vintage. <laughs> Very <laughs> vintage indeed. <laughs> But getting back my, to um, my mobile, mobile. Getting back to the episodes, yeah. So the, we somehow got from Reverend using Jesus money to, to, to that. <laughs> I don't know how we got there. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Little, little glowing Jesus. Yeah. Night like equals TV. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Uh, but I did like um, yeah, Reverend Lovejoy's Jesus. Like, oh, I'm very disappointed that you're taking yeah. my money to pay this toll. <laughs> I'll be cool for once. And then we get the really good moment that we we're discussing earlier with Marge driving over the spikes. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's just really, really, really well directed. And um, you know, today seventy five cents in five years eighty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, electoral outcome pending. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then they get. Uh, she she says, "Nope, not going to pay it." So she reverses and she pops everyone's tires. I'm like, we never actually see Marge get reprimanded for this. Surely she has to cop the fine, right? You she would think so. Absolute mayhem. <laughs> and the other thing too is, Springfield only has one road to get out to to places like. Why is everyone driving down this road now? That's a really good point. Maybe they really um, want to go to the outlet fire store. True. It's, it's, it's one I choose not to explore too much because you pull up that thread and everything <laughs> unravels. Yes. But yeah, so she pops everyone's tyres and we get a you know, ring of fire. Before then, though, can't be a season 17 episode without some sideshow mail, can it, Mr. Davis? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> no. But the prophecy's fulfilled, as he points out, and then Agnes... I think Agnes gets two moments in this episode, doesn't she? Yeah. She does. <laughs> Good one a bit later on. What did she say here? Oh, this one's saying, you have four of anything. Four. But I thought the next one, the next one was really good, like later in the episode with the, with the radio. Yeah. But this is where they play Ring of Fire. They're changing all the tyres. They've had the tyres on the tyre fire. And all the extra smoke causes the, um, the ice to melt. And we discover a mailman from the 60s. Kent Brockman here atop Mount Springfield, where the melting ice cap has revealed a discovery so gruesome we'll give you a moment to get the children out of the room. That's long enough. Here it is. A frozen mailman somehow buried in ice several decades ago. For further analysis, here's the one scientist who's always home when we call, Professor John Frank. Uh, based on the ice core samples and the size of the mailman's bell bottoms, let's measure that there, we have determined he was frozen sometime in the 1960s. Swinging for all except for me, 
I was making napalm to drop on to Nang. The post office has promised to deliver every letter in this 40-year-old mailbag. I'm sorry. I'm just, you've just, can I throw in another anecdote? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just reminded of my sub-editing days at the, um, at the paper down here in sunny Geelong, the Geelong Advertiser. I believe listeners of the show, you're all clean living types. You don't exactly know what a Nang is. Or maybe our international listeners are going, what's a Nang? It's like a I don't know. I don't know what a Nang is. Oh, it's a little uh, tube of compressed something, like nitrous or something. Huh. But, you know, you, you suck it and you get high. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Yeah, but it's called a Nang, apparently. That's the street name for it. And um, it's a bit like, like cheap-ass vaping. <laughs> and, of course, there were, you know, in Geelong we have a place called Market Square or the Market Square Mall that is supposedly the you know the center of town, the forum. That's where the elite meet to to get together. It's not really, no. It's, it, it's, it was it, once. It's a crack den. <laughs> <laughs> now, essentially, <laughs> it's where you don't go. Um, but and and as befitting a place like that, there were little nang canisters left all over the place of people done when people were done getting high, and of course, city hall decided to go up against this and you know maybe take action against it. And the headline I wrote for it was called Battle of Denang. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. It was good. I don't think we used it in the end. I'm like, oh, man, come on. That's gold. <laughs> come on, man. Be cool for once. <laughs> it's like getting on the phone to Rip and Murdoch. Come on, man. <laughs> but yeah, we get all the um, the various townspeople getting some of their letters. So Largo would have gotten to Juilliard and he shouted about that. And we get Mo. He finds out he's not allergic to pollen. So he goes and plays with some kids in the park, doing some skipping. Then this. Here doesn't That's the one me. gag that goes a little too long. It does, yeah. Because it doesn't really go anywhere. It's just, just slightly. Yeah. yeah. I thought I thought if he's, he's going to trip up or something and then blame the kids mm. for it, but no, it's just him dancing. He's like, yeah, yeah but he says the rhyme. It's just like, that's six words too long. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> this next bit here didn't quite make sense to me either. So Mason sent a letter to Mona, mm. but he sent it to the Simpsons address. Why would he have sent it to 742 Evergreen Terrace in the 60s? Valid point. Again, don't pull up too many threads. I'm assuming that someone was diligent in the post office and said, well, Mona's not anymore, but he, okay, the next of um, uh, next of kin is going to be at this address. So yeah, why this guy goes and is, drops it off? Yeah, they, 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 they know it's for Simpsons. Anyway, anyway, but that's... And that's why is like, guy's yeah. delivering the mail? I love that. Yeah, he is, yeah. Ran away from all this, huh? Yeah, what a fool. My dearest Mona, you've just left my arms to return to your husband, Abe, and already I ache for you. Mona cheated on me! I don't know how she found the time with her late-night pottery classes and supermarket trips that took all weekend. Lisa, I'm not sure that letter is age-appropriate reading. Why can't the government edit our mail like other countries? Uh-oh. I know I'm just a lifeguard, but I want you to run away with me. If you don't reply to this letter, I'll know that you've chosen to stay with Abe. But I know in my heart that the baby you're carrying is mine. <gasps> Love always, M. That's ridiculous. That was my baby in her belly. Look how happy we were. What the? Whoa. God, reminds me of that meme. You know the meme where it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> looking back at another girl, <laughs> and the guy's like, ooh. <laughs> there's a home. Did I ever show you the Homer version of that? Oh, there's a, with, there's with several Mindy? of them. Yeah. Yes, yeah. But there's yeah. a Mindy one, which yeah. of course I loved. <laughs> yes. Then Homer says that you know, Grandpa raised him. He doesn't care what what, what anyone says. You know, he single handedly raised him. But then he can't think of any nice things he actually did for him. 
So, lifeguard, huh? We come back from commercial and Homer is trying to think of M. Hmm, M, Mole Man, Mr. Burns, Mr. Burns. M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> I'm trying to think what came out in around 2005 that um, would have caught M. Night Shyamalan so, from so much flack. I think it might. What was, it? Was, was it the sequel to Unbreakable? No, no. It, that, oh, God, that was 10 or 15 years later. This might have been either The Village or Lady in the Water. I, I, thought, it was th- I thought it was three. In like those, um, it was glass, not glass. What was the other one? There's unbreakable glass and split. A split, of course, it was later. Yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they're all a bit later on. But yeah, because yeah. I mean, he did Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, and Signs, and they were all huge, huge hits. And it was like, mm. oh my god, this guy's unstoppable. But then, it's, did the but then it's like if you do a twist at the end of every movie, it's just like everyone's just sitting there waiting for the twist. Then you know. Yeah, and the village, which I think was around this time, had never saw the village. Of, never saw it. Yeah, it's getting. Reappraised. Of course really, it is. Of 20 course it years is. Cause, later, because twenty years have gone by, and now everything, everything crap is gold again. Yeah, but actually, it is really good. <laughs> so, but I get the feeling that was probably. Like, I don't know this, if this guy is really as good as we thought he was. You know, the thing is about signs is that to me it was always one of those early, early days of the internet memes where it's like the, the footage of the alien walking past mm. scared the shit out of everybody I keep watching I'm like hot damn <laughs> <laughs> so so something- brilliant I love science it's one of my it's I was about to say one of my favourite movies but it's definitely one really? of Shyamalan's best I never would have so that. good I, ne- I never would have pitched you for for one of his as, to be one of his fans I would have thought you would have thought his twists were silly no no I mean you know twists if they're done badly suck if they're Done well, they rule. Because um, they they t- they take Mickey out of him in the audio commentary of this episode. They're like, yeah. oh, because because Michael York's like, did did he ever you know, file suit for you making fun of him here? And he's like, they're like, oh well, we can suit it by watching his movies. <laughs> Ow! What a burn! <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Like, the, uh, the big one was always the Sixth Sense, though, wasn't it? And the Signs was a big deal. I remember when it came out. Yeah, I think yeah, I think Signs was an even bigger hit than Sixth Sense. Shit, um, okay. <laughs> it was when we all still liked Mel Gibson. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Ooh. But anyway, what are we up to? Oh yeah, so basically, uh, you're trying to think of names. Yeah, Shyamalan. And yeah. your name, Grandpa says, no, 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 you're my son. Look, mush up your face and it looks exactly the same and it does, but also does the same thing with the dogs. But then, Hello, Lisa, su- then Lisa suggests they do a DNA test and Grandpa says, there's no need. You know, I am his father. I did all the raising. I'll wait for my apology by the old man bench at the mall where he sits by the trash can. And I was like, there's probably people that just do this, and which is it's yes. really sad. But you can imagine that there's people that just sit by a park bench, knowing there's going to be people walking by, so they can hopefully start up a conversation. Mm. It used to happen when I worked in the deli at Coles. You just get those old customers where it's like you know they've got no one to go home to, so if they want to chat for a couple of minutes, I'm just going to fucking chat for a couple of minutes. You, you, if you're that desperate for your sliced chicken, you'll just have to wait for it because this old guy needs someone to talk to, and I'm going to give him t- two minutes of my time. I've forgotten exactly where they do it, but I'm, progress- I'm guessing there's one of those progressive Scandinavian nations. Yeah. Uh, apparently, they have like a special aisle in the supermarket whereby it's like- Really? Yeah. This is, for, this is for older people who maybe don't have as many people in their lives. You want to have a chat. Be aware that this aisle is going to be slow because, you know, this, the person behind the, uh, behind the counter is going to take their time, scan very slowly. So, how are you doing today? You got some uh, liverwurst. Okay, that's not bad for you. You might want to go easy on that, though, with your heart and all that kind of shit. I thought... That's a lovely idea. That's a lovely idea. I mean, Australia has the something 
different but not dissimilar in terms of I'll have hours when, you know, the lights will be a little lower and the music will be a little softer for people who are, say, neurodivergent and it's a little difficult to be in a very hectic environment. It's it's, it's funny because I saw a video recently where they're talking about supermarkets and it's like like walking to a billboard now. It's like so bright and the music's playing and it's just colours and flashes and sales and it's just like, whoa, it's like walking into an advertisement. Yeah. 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 But yeah, they apparently have... Either an hour a day or a certain time a week when it's like, we're going to chill out a little bit, guys. So, you know, if, you, if you're feeling overstimulated by your normal supermarket environment, come during these hours. Yeah. Like, good on you. Good, yep. good for thinking. But anyway, Homer can't, you can't sleep you know, much as you got a tummy ache from those pork chops. He's like, no, no, the only tummy aches in my head. And we get the, uh, the visual of the discussing uh, the question mark throwing the baseball. And then the little question mark throws the ball. Is, is it Homer or is it a question mark? It's Homer. Homer. Home yeah, Homer throws the ball through the window and an exclamation mark comes out shaking his fist. I was like, that's just so genius. <laughs> that's clever. That's clever. <laughs> and now Homer's at the library. And it's this is such a, like a, a, a cheat way to get to it. But I'm like, whatever, I'm buying it. He goes to the library and finds a book for 20th Century Lifeguards in Springfield. <laughs> it feels very Simpsons, that. Though. Yes. That just feels like a classic kind of Simpsons gag. Yeah. Just absurd. It's like, do you want us to spend two minutes coming up with a realistic idea or just move the fucking story along? <laughs> <laughs> and he comes up with the only M is Mason Fairbanks. And he's, what are these three things that he likes to do, Mr. Davis? I love this. I love this so much. He's always a philandering, writing letters, and making up for lost time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. Very well written, this episode. Very well written. Yeah. Well, who, it's, uh, I was about to say. It's Joel H. Cohen. Yeah. Yeah, um, he, I think he's got a, his name on a few good ones, hasn't he? Yeah, so far, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm big thumbs up with our, with our Joel H. Cohen. Hmm. And um, is he the brother of David X. Cohen? Let's have a look. I'm assuming he probably is. Should already know this. I know Simpsons fans. I apologise. Hmm. Uh, he is he not. Is. He is not Joel Cohen, as in the Cohen brothers who made you know, um, No Country for Old Men and Fargo and all that stuff. Different, he is different. Joel Cohen. Yes, he is the. Younger brother of uh, one-time Simpsons writer Robert Cohen, who penned the season three episode Flaming Moe's. Uh, and he, in addition to his work on The Simpsons, he's also the author of the non-fiction book How to Lose a Marathon, a retelling of his training for and running the New York Marathon. It was released in 2017, as hmm. well as an audio book on Audible. But he has written, he wrote Trius of Horror 10, uh, 12, sorry. He wrote The Hex in the City, Brawl in the Family, Fat and the Furious, Today I Am a Clown, Fat Man and Little Boy and Homer. Yes, he's written a shitload of episodes up to this point. <laughs> some of which are not some not some of your favourites, but this one definitely. He's on he's on the right track. He wrote he wrote Last of the Red Hat Mummers as well a couple of weeks ago. Nice work, Joel. So now we're at uh, Mason's house and Homer's approaching. And he's like, right, yeah, just to stay cool and stick to your cover story until we find out whether he's cool or not. And he says he's a reporter at the local paper and he wants to do a story on people who wear sweaters. I yeah, believe this, that's, that's, his, yeah. that's his cover story. <laughs> and you know he's written down, Daddy smell good. Too soon to hug. <laughs> <laughs> so I infer from all the knickknacks you're some sort of fruitcake? <laughs> no. Actually, I salvage valuables from sunken ships. Some call me a treasure hunter. Oh, that is so cool. Ooh, a dish of shrunken heads. Those are raisins. So you don't have any shrunken heads. What a job. Imagine just never having to work just being a treasure hunter your whole life. It'd be awesome. I'm trying to... Uh, years ago for work, I was very fortunate... I, 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 um, I went to Africa. I went oh, to Kenya. I think you have mentioned this story. Yeah. You went to Africa, yeah. And um, we were out in Kenya on the uh, the Masai Mara, and this couple showing us around were Derek and I believe Beverly Joubert, 
who were sort of like, they were basically adventurers. And he had a business card that basically said adventurer. I'm like, motherfucker. Yeah, what a life. <laughs> I don't think I actually said that to his face. <laughs> Every day is literally an adventure for this man. Yeah, but... <laughs> I mean, imagine someone handing out an amateur certified public accountant, <laughs> like, yeah, which is a valid job and, you yeah. know, one that keeps bread on the table and keeps the lights on. That's great. But at the same time, imagine you're in a cogged up party. like, here's my card CPA. He hands back one said adventure. It's like, oh, fine, you can't, you win. It's like when someone says, what do you do for a living? I'm like, I'm a podcaster. And they're like, oh, no, 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 really though. What do you do? <laughs> well, then you say, to him, I'm an adventurer. And you pull out this guy's card. <laughs> But, you know, Homer thinks the uh, the raisins are shrunken heads and he's like, oh, I do have a, you know, a size six head. Homer screams, that's small, right? Small than average. Screams and runs away. <laughs> then we got the um, the boat. He's showing him the boat. And, uh, you, you know, this is the, the girl of my life or whatever. You know it's a boat, right? And it says on the side, the son I never knew. That's the name of the boat. And yeah. let's, let's talk about this. Where'd that name come from? Let's, 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 let's get more into, in, in touch with that. And he says that, you know, um, basically this is where Homer gets caught out in the lie. Because, you know, he's talking yeah. about how he was a reporter, then he was a, a radio DJ, then he's yeah. a, a TV host or whatever. And he's just, oh, you're, you're possibly my daddy. And then um, and they, he gives him a big kiss and he gives him back his gum. Now the family are all watching The Bully Corner. It's called The Bully Corner. Bully Corner, that's right. Yes, yeah. with William H. Macy, which obviously they badgered him. They said, we want to get you on the show. They're big fans of William H. Macy. They didn't really come up with a whole episode for him, but they're like, let's just get him on. This had nothing to do with the story, but it was just, no. it, they used to do this, they've done this the entire run of The Simpsons. Just get a guest star on for a random little bit. Doesn't overstay its welcome, and it fits, doesn't it? Like you said, it fits the character of just it William really H. Macy as a person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and shows that William H. Macy was a good sport as well. It's like, yeah, I'll come on and get beaten up by the rest of the bullies who were probably, you know, just teenagers or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Homer Even is teenagers, now- kids. I mean,. Homer is now very excited. He gets, he gets home and says, oh my God, I met Mason. He's going great, blah, blah, blah. He's got, he's got a knife and it's just for cheese. And Homer says, uh, Marge says to him, don't get too excited, Homer. Don't get too emotionally invested. You've just met him. And he's like, okay, I won't. But we're going on daddy's boat tomorrow. And then they're walking around. I love it when they get different outfits. Like you said, they're all in their like, sailor's outfits and things like that. And Bart yeah. says, well, Grandma, I bet on the wrong horse here. And he says, well, don't worry. The most valuable treasure's in here. Points to his chest, not in his heart. It's in this map, the treasure, treasure map for the, for the famed emeralds of Piso Mahado. Apparently, mm. I think Piso Mahado means like wet ground or something in a language. Oh, really? Yeah, wet fl- wet floor, maybe wet floor. Uh, then he, he tells the story of how the emeralds got lost because they were nestled in the bosom of a Spanish galleon. And uh, basically one guy, there was a big thunderstorm with these pirates on this ship. There was a big thunderstorm and they were all praying for their lives. One guy wasn't praying because he was thinking of a joke he wanted to say. And thus, lightning strikes the boat, causes the boat to sink and the emeralds fall to the bottom of the ocean. Then we get, uh, before that though, there's just a really marge line there where he brings up emeralds. She's like, if I was born three months later, my, my birthstone would have been emerald. <laughs> it's like, that means nothing, <laughs> but it's, it's exactly what Marge would think. Yeah. yeah. What did he say? Like, well, life's funny like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what is the line? I did write up. Oh, fate has a strange sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> then Homer invites uh, Mason to dinner at their place. He's like, I once dined with the Prince of Wales and Killer Whales. If only the latter knew how to chew without humming. And like, they thought, apparently that was just like killer. In the yeah, street. apparently they're, they're, they're just laughing for so long. By the way, a lot of tire changing this episode. Here's the next. There's another tire change in the uh, in the middle of that when they're when they're still laughing. You know, they go from uh, Mason's oh, place there? back to theirs. Yeah, and they're sort of laughing in these various um, situations. And one of them is Homer's pulled over to change a tire. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, okay. 
And yeah, yeah so they laugh all the way home and grandpa's there and he's annoyed. He thinks that you know, first you stole my wife and now you're stealing my family. And you know, I wouldn't have to. And, and Mason gets some sass in here. I wouldn't have to if you've given them what they needed. I'm like, burn. <laughs> like, like, he, but the, the way that York played the role though, it's like he's saying these harsh lines, but not to the point where you dislike the character. No. You know, well, it's, like I mean, it's, it's just sort he of- He wants something as well. He feels yeah. like he's been, uh, you know, sort of- uh, cheated out of uh, cheated out of his, uh, a son cheated yep. out of his expanding that bloodline exactly and Marge says look you know look at Gra- uh, she says look at grandpa you're making him feel really really sad and he says I- I'll take the test I'll take any kind of test and he starts listening, uh, listing various tests I did enjoy mm. Lisa saying enough grandpa no never <laughs> and he just keeps listing various <laughs> various tests I thought it was quite funny and then Hibbert does the test and we've got one jar says suave new stranger okay. the other one says uh, same old grandpa and he's got a t-shirt for Homer just in case for whatever the results are one side says number one son the other says world's biggest bastard then they're about <laughs> to get the results and Mason says to grandpa I hope we can be civil I'll poop in your fist well at least I can make both I'm like bad <laughs> He's coming up with some zingers. Yeah. Oh, Mason. <laughs> but not in like a really derogatory way. It's just pointing out the obvious, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it's revealed that Mason, apparently at this point in time, is the father. I have the results. Oh, God. Whatever happens, Abe, I hope we can be civil. Ah, poop in your fist. At least I can make both. Oh. Homer's biological father is Mason Fairbanks. <gasps> Who's Mason Fairbanks? This guy. Woohoo! Family are now visiting Grandpa. This was so depressing but so funny at the same time. Because you, you just feel like if this was a real situation, this is how it actually transpired. This is probably how it would go down. Oh, yeah. I mean... It's like you're not just going to pretend that they don't exist anymore. It's like, but it's like and then when you visit them, it's like, oh, uh, yeah, but we don't, we're not really related anymore. It's like, mm. oh, it's weird. Like, like, we still love you, but we're not biologically... Required to? <laughs> well, as they say, no biological obligation. Yeah. 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 It's just, um, I know, but you said it three times. Well, you think of something else to say. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's really sad. But you were, as you were discussing earlier, the, um, the directing, just the, the pauses yeah. in between each line there was, um, really well done. Like, just enough, wasn't it? Yeah. Very, very good timing on the part of director Mike B. Anderson. Mike now, B. Directing is what you might say. Yeah, and Mason and uh, Homer are now going on tr- a treasure hunt in their Titanic S ships that James Cameron designed. Yeah, I, 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 that's something I was going to look up, and maybe I'll do it now. You keep talking, um, but um, yeah. I think Cameron had like some documentary called Ghosts of the Abyss or something that came out post Titanic, where he's like, "I'm going to go to the bottom of the sea and conquer that because well, I conquered everything above water." They discussed that in the commentary. They're like, "These are ba- the designs are based on those that were designed by the." James Cameron and they're like oh okay and, and the, 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 the boss moment about that whole thing is that James Cameron wasn't like alright I've built these things go find it for me it's like I'm doing it <laughs> oh fuck yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> honestly I mean I think I I wrote something about Cameron a while ago and said I am basically terrified of James Cameron the way I'm terrified uh, I fear and loathe James Cameron the way I fear and loathe anyone who has this much confidence and capability yeah because it's like I think everyone, anyone who's worked with him says, you know, he's demanding, but that's because he can do your job even better than you can. <laughs> and it's like... You're redundant. Oh, I fucking hate guys like that. But at the same time, I would, of course, I would follow them into battle. Yeah. You know? It's probably like everyone who's ever been on a team with Michael Jordan. 
Pretty much. It's like we know we're just that that we know we're just on his shoulders. But I want to be on his shoulders. I want to be on this ride with him. So just fucking yeah, do what yeah. he says. Like how many times yeah. would Michael Jordan have just said, "Just give me the fucking ball." It's like, yeah, yeah, but I'm a good player. I don't fucking care how good you are. Just give yeah, me exactly. the ball. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I remember growing up, and I'm cool. Yeah, people know the name Jacques Cousteau, but I mean, yeah. it was like, well, he was the go-to guy for underwater exploration. So, and so it would be a shorthand. It's like, oh, yeah, I think you're a bit of a Jacques Cousteau, do you? Whereas now, it's like, you know, you think of undersea stuff and you think of James Cameron. It's like, oh, yeah, and he also makes like, Every time he makes a movie, it becomes automatically the top grossing movie of all time. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Stop being good at shit. <laughs> I, um, I don't think. Sorry, very sweary this episode. I don't mean to be. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They find the treasure and Homo immediately calls Lenny and Carl on their ham radio. This is where we get the Skinner Agnes moment. I particularly like the, how do you make this thing talk? You're all losers. losers. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were going to get a steamed hams reference in here because he goes, I'm communicating with my fellow hams. <laughs> and I thought they were going to, I'm like, oh, there's going to be a steamed hams reference. And there's like, ah, uh, I guess how would you kind of work it in? Who knows? Was but, steamed hams even a thing? Well, I mean, it was as a in thing. The, but it was the meme a thing? I, it probably wasn't in 2006, you're right. Yeah, it wasn't, in, it it feel, wasn't it until only, like, it feels, yeah. like five years ago. It feels ago, maybe. like steamed ham has only become a thing in the past maybe five or six years maybe maybe a little more yeah maybe a bit more but I'm gonna be honest like 22 short films about Springfield is probably still my favourite Simpsons episode just for its pure absurdity and novelty but I'm not huge on the steamed hams bit that may sound silly but like I find it funny but it's like I don't understand the level of love that scene gets I think it's just that Simpsons fans just seem to have clung on to a scene and gone this is our this is our moment yeah. and this is the one we're going to overanalyze and this is the because for, for some reason it just seems to be the one that everyone references now to the point where it became not funny and maybe it's just because it was so overused in the meme groups I just got sick of it I don't know I think so look this is me putting uh, old man hat on hang on a sec old man hat yep uh, you know there's a certain millennial slash gen z type of humor that's you know really steers into the absurd yeah and you see all the all the stuff they've done with steam hams all the reboots and remixes i mean i think my favorite of all time is the one where it's um what's the gorilla song is it clint eastwood i think that's yeah clint eastwood yeah steam hams yeah i mean and it's auto-tuned with all the all the dialogue turning into lyrics apparently it's the funniest thing in the world and i i find it really funny but at the same time it's like yeah, but this is also operating on a frequency that I don't quite get. I find it funny, but at the same time, it's not. 
It'll happen to you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's when you, you know, you look at, say, here's an example. <laughs> oh, man, shakes fish to cloud. Um, lose kids. Uh, uh, watching the TV series, the TV comedy, TV game show Taskmaster. Okay. Do you know that one? No idea. There's a UK version and now there's an Australian one. Okay. And, you know, the Taskmaster who's hosting in Australia, it's Tom Gleeson. Um, uh, not huge. <laughs> no, <nah>, he sucks. <laughs> Sorry, guys, but he's no good. Oh, no, um, it's not that he sucks. It's the whole bit where he's, like, doing the awkward questions. I'm like, I don't, just don't yeah. find this funny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But... Loose kids are hooked on it. Yeah, they've got a whole bunch of episodes on the, uh, yeah, on the, yeah, recorded and just watching episode after episode. Lou and I were, you know, sort of in the background the other night. Can you hurry this up so we can watch Ninety Day Fiance, some real television? And um, <laughs> they were like, "We're watching this, and it's hilarious. Look at that!" <laughs> and they're laughing, and we're like, "Not getting it at all." Yeah. You know, it's I'm, I'm, when, a- I, when I realised that I was so out of touch with the music scene, I was like, "Yeah, I'm getting old." I just. When I, I put the radio on, I'm like, it all sounds the same to me. I don't get why people like this. I'm yeah. clearly old. <laughs> you, had the, you had the Stan Marsh moment. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. didn't. The Stan Marsh landslide moment. Yeah, yeah not, sad. not at all. But um, but anyway, so Homer's there at the bottom of the ocean. They find the treasure and calls up on Lenny and Carl. Then he gets lost. And I was just like, this the idea of being lost, whether it be out in the ocean or in the water or while scuba diving or whatever, it's just... Probably the most terrifying thought I could possibly have. Being, I, I have a fear of water. So being lost anywhere involving water, oh my God. I, I think being scuba diving and then not knowing where I am, it just, it'd be horrific. I just, I just couldn't do it. It, it reminds me of that film Open Water, you know? Oh yeah, with the shark. Holy yeah. fuck. Can you imagine that? Being left behind whilst you get to the surface and they're gone? Yeah. Oh mate, holy shit. No way, no thank you. Like just, yeah. Being being lost or stuck somewhere involving water, not not my cup of tea at all. Mm. You, no, you're damn right. It's, it's it's not what you want. It, it sounds terrible. Yeah, but yeah, but Homer gets stuck here, and I mean he, he needs help. And what do I do? What do I do? And he gets the claw and scratches the front like he's scratching his head. Like what do I do? I thought it was good, <laughs> funny, a funny visual. Then the oxygen here, and we get the urge to kill from the shinning gag. Uh, oxygen's yeah. going down. Oxygen's going down. Oxygen's slightly higher. <laughs> oxygen <Yep>. gone. <laughs> And he he starts passing out, and he's saying, "Daddy, Daddy, save me!" And he's sort of fading away. And we get the flashback here of Grandpa saying, "Get grab Daddy's keys." <laughs> he grabs it, starts driving the car. I like the idea of when home, baby home, or not baby home, but you know, toddler home or whatever, got the car fixes the mirror up before he reverses out. <laughs> <laughs> and Homer, I drew this picture for you, and he's a teenager. That's what a what a great was that. What's it called? A pan out? I guess you could say. I guess so, yeah. Pull yeah. out. Yeah. Pull out, yeah, yeah. A great a great little gag there. And then Grandpa, this one's, it's funny, but it's also more the emotional side of things. So he gives, Grandpa's giving Homer and Marge on their wedding day every last dollar that he has. You know, it's, a, it's mm. not, but it's all, it's all he's got. It's not much, but it's all I've got. And then I think like a hawk or something takes it away. They say in the commentary that they got that gag, obviously it's been used before, but the gag reminded me, reminded them, sorry, of a recent winner of the Funny Stone videos where a kid was given like a hamster or put him on top of his cage or something and a hawk just comes down and takes the kid's hamster away. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, terrible man. I, but wonderful. Yeah, I don't want to watch that video. I saw a video recently of a um, of an owl, I think it might have been a hawk, pinched someone's dog and just like flew away with it, like a little white dog, like a little little one. And they, they found the dog. So I was like, okay, I made, I made sure that the dog survived before I washed it. But then it's just like, just grabs <laughs> this dog and they're trying to reach for it and just flies away. Imagine just seeing a bird fly away with your dog. That would... Uh, what, 
given that Lou now has this little papillon puppy that's never going to be that big, it's like, oh, yes, you could be prey of some, you know, wedge-tail eagle or something like that. Exactly, yeah. Oh, I found myself watching some pet rescue video the other day and I'm such an easy mark for those things. Oh, man, I was going to say, like, if if you want to get me, just anything involving animals being rescued, you've got me. Yeah, it's like, look at that little baby elephant in the pit. Oh, but here are all the elephants come to save it. And this one was like a kitten in some pit or something yeah. like that. And it was like, look, this monkey's come to rescue the um come to ki- rescue the kitten. And it's like normally I'll be like, oh, Animal Kingdom working in unison. Hooray! Hakuna Matata, you know, Nase Quenya, Circle of Life. Then I was like, someone's filming this. Why don't you just fucking reach and get the cat? Yeah. Uh, that, that's <laughs> why are you wait sh- for that monkey? Like I don't mind it if someone's filming somebody saving an animal but when it's just like you're filming an animal getting rescued by another animal it's like you probably could have done this yourself yeah because they're filming the the, the cat they're going meow, meow, really you know kind of terrified in this muddy pit it could drown yeah I'm like you could have alleviated that animal's suffering any second yes yeah <laughs> but you, you, you chose to film it they, they fall oh. back on that oh it's just you know it's just nature it's like fuck off <laughs> it should be in your human Wait. nature human nature to save that thing Correct. <laughs> it reminds me of people filming shit. One last little anecdote. I know we're a bit off topic here, guys, but hey, what are you going to do? It's our show. <laughs> the what giant- do you know? Listen to another show? Yeah, Wait, listen, don't listen to another show. There's, there's no other Simpsons podcast. Don't worry about it. <laughs> there's, there's a giant, um, the Maleficent Dragon at Disneyland. Uh, it's part of like a stage show they do at Disneyland every night or every couple of nights or whatever. And it's like Fantasia and like someone dressed up as Mickey from Fantasia going, la la, and the, the dragon's supposed to breathe fire out. And it's this giant fucking huge, one of a kind, like $10 million animatronic dragon, right? Well, it caught mm-hmm. fire at the show like yesterday and like fucking oh exploded. God. Like it literally explodes into a ball of fire, right? And everyone's <laughs> like, holy shit, this person's filming it and this girl's filming it, right? And the news story's got this girl's footage and throughout the whole video, she's like, Oh my god, this is going straight on my Insta. And the girl, her girlfriend's like, You're gonna get so many followers. And I'm like, Oh my fucking god, that's where we are as a society. Oh my god, this is going straight on my Insta. <laughs> just, like, just run. I'd, <laughs> the I'd, love it if they, I'd love it if they didn't attribute. <laughs> <laughs> this was filmed by someone yeah. somewhere. We don't know where from. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, it, it's actually man, it looks terrifying. It just goes, it's like a fireball, and all of a sudden, it just goes, boom, it just explodes. And I was like, okay, now run. I'm, I'm just, I'm just picturing like though that scene from Fellowship of the Ring. You know, I've watched, where, the, I've watched the last. That's the first one, isn't it? It is. The yeah, first okay, that's right. I've seen that one. Where, you know, yeah, it's Bill Way Baggins' birthday party, and uh, Gandalf has brought all these dope fireworks. Oh yes, the and, fireworks thing. Yeah, yeah. And Merry and Pippin you know, get the the dragon one. It's like. Ooh, shit out and they let it off and everyone's like oh, it's a dragon then it explodes and everyone's like yay <laughs> I can just imagine the people that uh, going with the Maleficent dragons like oh my god what a tragedy oh it exploded yay <laughs> the funny thing is it's just like everyone's like this is not supposed to happen this is not supposed to happen and they're filming it and you see the guy with the thing going everyone please leave the area immediately this is not part of the show and everyone's like nah fuck you we're not going anywhere man it's like, it's basically what like, we're not going anywhere and then boom and everyone's like okay let's go <laughs> <laughs> but getting back to the episode once again apologies guys so we had yeah the flashback of the um the hawk and the, was it the hawk or whatever bird taking away the money mm. and grandpa said you know gave you everything and it still wasn't enough is what he says and this is where he wakes to see the shadow approaching sorry the shadow's approaching him as he's sort of fading out and he wakes up in a bed he's been in coma for three days he's in hospital he's been fed through a tube what do you think of the tube gag i was like yeah, that's fine i'm really I'm, I'm, this episode's been good enough i'm willing to roll with this 
Yeah, I, I thought it was a neat. I mean, they didn't overplay it. No, they didn't. No. Yeah, which I thought was good. But yeah, the fact that it was like, you're getting fed through an intravenous tube. Here's a turkey. Just <laughs> chicken comes out. I kind of yeah. liked it. Well, Homer, now that you're alive again, I'll leave you with your real family. Wait, can we have a moment in private? Of course. As I lay dying on the ocean floor, I remembered everything you've done for me. To hell with that stupid DNA test and its 99.99997% accuracy. You're my dad and I love you. I love you too, Homer. And now there's something I've got to tell you. I really am your father. Oh! But how? After seeing how happy you were with Horatio Homewrecker, I made a decision. I switched the names on the DNA samples. Then I put my name first on the list for a new heart. <laughs> my old one's fine, but you never know. Only a true father would lead his son to believe he belonged to someone else. Oh, Dad. Oh, man. Oh. Now why don't you stay for dinner? It would be my pleasure, son. Send up two hams. Hey, this one's cold. <laughs> This was actually going to bring this up at the start. I thought this was the best part of the whole episode in the sense that what they did here was have Homer say that he wants Grandpa to be his real dad before he finds out. So this is the this is like one of the nicest moments we've had from Homer in I reckon seasons, mm. where he says, "You know, you raised me. You know, when I was when I thought I was going to yeah. be dying, all I thought about was you. I love you. You're my dad, regardless of what that stupid DNA test says." And I was like, this is just lovely. But I thought it was a, a really, really well-earned emotional ending. It was indeed. And they, of course, it had a lot of heart, which we really appreciate uh, and which makes The Simpsons The Simpsons. But, you know, they also undercut it with a few just neat little gags in there. Just, you know, so it's not overwhelmingly sweet. It's just like, yeah, here's a little bit of a laugh just to, you know, cut it. So, yes. yeah, I, I, no, it was great. It, it, it got the balance just right. Then they got back to one of those little credit scenes again. And it's um, Mason Fairbanks teaching Homer how to... Oh, the, the stove is hot. Can you teach me that the stove is hot? And it goes exactly how you expect it to go. <laughs> and I think that was nice as well. I mean, I'm, I'm not always a fan of those post-credit or those credit, end-credit sequences, yeah. shall we say. But uh, I thought it was nice to sort of throw Mason back in just a little bit. I mean, no, no, just to remind you, it was like, oh, this guy wasn't all bad. No. You know, it's not that it's not like this is a winner and loser situation. It's more like a he made the right choice situation. But you know, it's not like Mason was a villain or anything like that. I thought that was I thought it was a nice touch. I think the best way to have ended this episode, just my humble opinion, I thought would mm-hmm. have been to because Mason Fairbanks was a, a good character. I thought right would yeah. be rather than just pretend that he doesn't exist anymore, because you know at this point in time when Homer, when Grandpa reveals to Homer about the DNA samples, Mason still thinks that he's his dad, right? I thought the perfect mm. way to end it would have been Mason finding out that Grandpa did the swap, being sad, and then Homer, Grandpa, and Mason sharing dinner via the tube at the end as a as a trio. As a peace offering. Yes. I thought, <laughs> as you know, a welcome that, to the family gesture. Yes, and it's like, you know, because he's, he's now going to go back to having nobody again, but it's like, no, we'll still be, we'll, we'll treat mm. you how we were, we were treating Grandpa throughout the episode when we thought he wasn't real dad. So we'll still come visit you, Sort of cool shit with you, so I thought it would have been nice to sort of have them together in the one shot together as one unit, like like you were saying. Yeah, Dando, your opinion may be a humble one, but it's also the correct one. What did we learn, Palmer? So, what did you learn from the episode, Mister Davis? 
uh, that I really should do that in the loo. Yes, you really should do that. Yes. And uh, my what I learned was that uh, never give people the old cheapskate trail. <laughs> They'll always take it, especially myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> From this day forward, your name shall be... All right, Mr. Davis, it's time for the new name championship here on a four-figure discount, the Guy Davis new name championship for season 17. The current leaderboard stands at this. In first position, we have Luke McKay on nine points. In second position, Heath Appleby on seven points. And in third position, we have a tie between Nora Coker and Fergus Jeffs, both on five points. Okay, what do we got this week? Okay, one point goes to O Father, Here Art Thou. That is David Mott. Well done, David. You get the one point for this week. That puts you into... Ooh, I won't read out where everyone is. Well, wait till we get to the end, because it could be a bit of a jumble. All right, so David Mott, one point. You've moved up the leaderboard. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Nice work, Motsky. Uh, two points for Homer's got a brand new dad. Ooh, boom. That's our man, uh, Adam Woolhouse. That puts him now on four points. Well done with a two-pointer, Mr. Woolhouse. Woolhouse in the house. And three points for, it's simple, it's sweet, it's effective, Daddy's Homer. Well, if there is someone who is usually effective, it's Garode Harrowhill with the three points. The Garode. That has shaken things up somewhat because that has now put Garode in third position. All right. So, Whoa. Luke McKay still in first on nine. Heath Appleby on seven in second. And Garode Harrowhill now outright in third position, just one point behind second on six points. All right, Garode, <laughs> what a comeback. They're going to make it happen. I can see it a mile away. <laughs> third, third, third comes right after second. Garode just somehow sometimes goes, I'm not going to comment a name for about four weeks, and I'll just drop one in there now and then. Oh, three points. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> well, he... he not to big up him too much, but he's kind of like the Michael Jordan of Duna. Yes, exactly right. He's, <laughs> he would um, just rock up occasionally, like, swish. Philip J. Hawkins and uh, and Greta Harrowhill, like the Pip and Jordan combination. <laughs> <That's great>. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the Dennis Rodman? I don't know. We'll, we'll work that out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. JaVale! JaVale is here! Ooh! Guys, don't forget, uh, mailbag questions, you can send them through to simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from each and every single one of you. This first question here comes from Georgia Catherine. Georgia says, if you found out you had a different biological parent or sibling, etc., would you want to find slash meet them or would you rather just let sleeping dogs lie? I think the curiosity would eventually get the better of you, right? I think it would. I think my initial reaction would be like, nah. <laughs> I like things the, the way they are. <laughs> Don't need to complicate matters any further, but the minute you hear it, it's going to be like, oh, you've got that, got an itch, need to scratch it. Yeah. And um, yeah, you would probably go find this new uh, new relation. Find it, yeah. You'd be curious. Like, you like, I think you like to think you are, you are a creation of yourself. You know, it's like, yeah, everything about me, I've sort of built from the ground up, you know, I mean, you wonder how much of it is, is uh, nature and how much of it is nurture. And me, imagine meeting someone who's like, oh, my God, it's like looking in the mirror. Or, oh, holy shit, I do that. Or that's how I sound sometimes. Yeah. And like, oh, oh, it's all out of my head. But also the element of you've spent your whole life seeing yourself in a parent that's not actually your parent as well. Mm. It'd make you question everything oh, about yeah. you. Yeah. Next question here comes from uh, Kyle Muldoon. 
what smoke damaged item would you buy from the smoke damaged outlet store? Hmm. Um, a ham. Steamed hams. Smoked ham. What a, about sm- a smoked ham. Some salmon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's no, chicken breast. What, what, what damaged item? It, I don't know. What, what, it's going to be still functional, right? Or maybe it's just sort of, it's so burnt, it's like a cool art piece that you just display on the, mm. the shelf. Because smoke damage is pretty fucked, isn't it? That's Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Well, they're they'll, they'll pretty, they'll pretty I mean, melted too. Those things are from that shop especially. But I mean, even, say... Yeah, this item, this cool jacket. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not fire damaged, but it was in the house that it was in the burning house for so long that the smoke is just in it. You know, you can send this to the dry cleaners so many times, yeah. but it's still going to be. Uh, still smells like a burnt house. At the risk of sounding like an absolute idiot, I've just realised the whole point of that first scene. Anyway, <laughs> I've just realised the whole point of it with the smoke damage outlet. Was it? It was the smoke yeah. that melted the fucking ice. Yeah. So I'm just like, ah, oh, I didn't put the two together. <laughs> the fact that the, 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 the smoke damage, eventually Marge does something that causes lots of smoke, which oh. which creates the smoke to melt the ice. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, next question here. Andrew JP, do you like Abe as a character anymore? He had some strong storylines story early on, but now he just seems to be good for a quick gag. Well, we discussed we discussed that earlier. Yeah. And it has felt that way, but I thought this episode and last week with that middle one in yeah. particular have done a good job of sort of reminding viewers. Oh no, no, he's not just this decrepit old unwanted character. He's 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 got yeah. some substance to him. No, we've we've had a good one-two punch with the last couple of episodes. Yeah. Whereby it's like, oh no, yeah, he can contribute. Abe add Abe add something to the fabric. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's he's like any character though. I mean, you just got to play him right yeah. or use him correctly. And that's not always going to happen. And usually it's like with Grandpa, the best stories for him are the ones where the kids or whatever go, oh, yeah, you're not just a useless old man. You were once young, like, mm. you, were, like you were saying earlier, yeah. and you once did shit. <laughs> yeah. Or or just a reminder, it's like, you know, treat the <laughs> treat the elderly members of our community with uh, with respect and, and, and afford them dignity. Exactly. It's my, one of my favourite lines of all time. Come in on, folks. Dign- dignity's on me. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best lines The Simpsons ever wrote. And who says that exactly? That's Abe, isn't it? Did you, it's in uh, yes, Blood Money. But no, not Blood yeah, Money. What's yeah, it called? Not Blood Money. What's is that Blood Money? Is it called Blood Money? No, that's not it. No, what's what? Beatrice Simmons, Old Money. Old Money, not Blood Money. Old Money. Yes, that's the one. I knew it was something mm. money. I'm like, it's not blood. <laughs> the blood. The blood's <laughs> the one where Homer has to um. I think it's called Blood Feud, isn't it? Is that the one where Homer uh, Bart donates blood to Mr. Burns and he gives him the big giant head? Homer's furious about it. Remember that one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, old money. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's one of the best endings that you don't hear enough people talk about. That that ending. It's just one of the. Yeah. It's almost like peak grandpa moment. I reckon that one. Oh yeah, and it, yeah. As I said, it is for mine one of the best lines that the Simpsons ever delivered. Yeah, where you know the retirement castle has just turned into something really nice. And yeah. It's got the Beatrice Simmons uh, memorial, uh, memorial dining hall. It's, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna tear up just thinking about it right now. Yeah. Uh, final question here, Harrison McClure. Harrison says, "Have you ever been out deep sea exploring or on a boat?" Uh, I'm not. I get seasick very, very fast. Uh, I, I, I'm not a scuba diver. I just, I've just got a fear of going under the water. Uh, I'd like to do it. I just, just don't think I could ever actually bring myself to do it, which is a shame. But I just don't, don't. I don't like not being able to see the bottom. If I'm, unless I'm in a boat, you know, like if I'm in a boat and I can't see the bottom, that's fine. But um, but yeah, I once went out. I think I've mentioned it in a, another podcast where I went out on the boat that goes to the um wine glass bay. You go sort of out in the, out in the, you go mm-hmm. out in the sea for a little bit. And it was fucking so choppy. I, I've never felt so sick in my life. Yeah, that's just not for me, being out in the ocean. What mm. about you? I only fill the bathtub halfway up. I, mean, I, know, I, don't, I don't have a bath ever. 
<laughs> I have a fear of bath. <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> well, I see. I just I I shower. Like I I just I don't have baths. I just I hate the idea of just bathing my own filth. <laughs> I love the idea of yeah. baths. Okay, I get ten minutes in. I'm just like Nicola and I. You know, hop in the bath again. And it's like not enough room. Yeah, uh, no, that's that. The idea is that sexy. Is the but- biggest myth. <laughs> The biggest myth that's ever been perpetuated is like, oh, it would be so sexy to have a bath together or even a shower together. It's like, no, this is about cleaning. Oh, I'm no, cleaning no, out the shower's fine. I'm getting wet and all slippery together. I'm cleaning the- Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but after a while, it's, like, it's very nice to be in here and all soapy together, but after a while, I'm going to be cleaning the dirty parts yeah, of my body. I need to clean my asshole right now. <laughs> that, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Got to maintain that mystique, baby. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> On that note, let's wrap up this uh, this fantastic. <laughs> oh, this is a fun episode of Four Figure Discount here. Reviewing Homeless Paternity Coup had a good time. I hope uh, season seventeen continues on this trail because it's, it's it's been really good for the last month. I reckon it has been indeed. We've uh, we've had some good episodes to talk about. Please keep it. Please keep the run going. Yes, yeah, so the next Simpsons. episode is called on. "We're on the Road to Nowhere." Should I say that again? We're on the road to nowhere. So I love that movie. I, that, that song as a kid because it was in one of my favourite movies, which I know is terrible. I haven't watched it since I was a little kid, and I'm not going to revisit it because I wanted to stay in my memory as the movie that I remembered. It was called Little Monsters, starring Fred Savage. Oh, and Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel, yeah, Howie Mandel as the um, as the monster. Loved that movie as a kid, and it's like I've ruined so many movies from my childhood by revisiting them and going, "Oh, this was shit." So I'm just going to leave that one in the memory bank. But that, that movie ends with yes. that song. So whenever I hear "Road to Nowhere," yeah. it reminds me of that of that moment. Yeah, it's by the band Talking Heads. As it is know. indeed. Yes. So, have you seen the concert where they build the stage live during the opening song? Does that stop making sense? I'm not sure if that's what it is, but anyway, I'm basically the, the stage is empty at the start, and then by like the end of like the first song or whatever, like there's like a whole setup built as they're singing. I'm, I imagine that stop making sense, which is just you know one of the best concert movies of all time. Uh, let's double check that. Yes, um, but yeah, but we're on the road to Doe where is going to be the next episode of uh, Four Finger Discount when we're doing a season 17 episode. Don't forget, we've got some uh, guy on Springfields coming up in the near future including uh, Bart the Fink with one Elliot J. O'Neill from the Simpsons Index podcast. Subscribe to them if you birthday haven't already. Boy. Birthday boy. Oh, it is his birthday boy. Yes, it is birthday boy. And also another happy birthday to our man Pickles and his mum Ginger. Happy 13th birthday, our man. Hope you have a great birthday. What, what did you do on your 13th birthday? Can you remember what you did on your 13th birthday? Uh, crack cocaine. Crack cocaine, yes. I had. <laughs> I remember that it's been defined by my, in my friendship group as Dando's Chicken Party, where I think I might have mentioned it before. My parents just basically... They're like, what do you want for your birthday? Do you want pizzas or whatever? I'm just like, oh, everyone's like, KFC. And they're like, oh, whatever. My dad leaves, comes back with two giant cardboard like boxes full of just KFC chicken and one box full of just chips. And he's just like, go. And everyone's like, oh. <laughs> just chicken and chips and video games and Coke and yeah, cocaine, as you were saying. I have Coke, you have cocaine. And yeah, it was just a, a great time had by all. But that was my 13th birthday. But yes, this has been, as I said, uh, Homeless Paternity Coot. We're on the road to Doe where is the next season 17 episode we are going to be reviewing. Don't forget, please write into the show, simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. Uh, we have a big, big announcement coming in the coming weeks as well, which I'm very excited to announce, but we won't do it just yet. But it's going to be huge. I'm talking huge. I'm not talking this up. This is going to be a huge, huge deal. Uh, this announcement we've got coming up in a couple of weeks. 
Also, if you're enjoying everything you do here, you can support us on Patreon where you get early and ad-free access to every show we do here in the network, as well as our prize draws, the Facebook community, our Discord community, and so much more. You can do that. The link for that's in the description of this podcast. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, we want to hit 500 uh, reviews. So please just check us five stars. It literally takes five seconds. Five seconds for five stars. That's all you got to do. Bang, bang, bang. Push two buttons. It's done. So if you're listening to us on Spotify, which apparently 75% of you currently do, please chuck us five stars. Follow us on social media at Four Finger Discount on Facebook and Instagram and at Four Finger Pod on the Twitter. Now, Mr. Davis, any final words for those incredible listeners out there? This one was on Jesus. Shh.